0: Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves Podcast. We are live on the postcast following the Timberwolves win over the Sacramento Kings. Marty Geller of Valley Sports North joins the show to break down the game. The Lockdown Wolves postcast starts right now.
1: You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Marnie Gellner of Valley Sports North is with me to break down the Timberwolves' win over the Kings. And Marnie, this was another impressive win for the Wolves, the second night of a back-to-back against a full-strength Kings team. They came into the game with the best offensive rating in the league. The Timberwolves were strong defensively. They got a great start from Deal, a great finish from Anthony Edwards. And the Wolves were once again in control for most of the game.
1: Excuse me, as I started the podcast with a sneeze. There, um, yeah, this was this was a really solid Timberwolves win, and you could point to different guys at different times who contributed. Big Dilo first half, Big Anthony Edwards second half. Um, yeah, and um, the Wolves were playing on the second end of a back-to-back. Where Sacramento was here waiting for a couple of days. Um, everything was was really sharp. I thought by the Timberwolves, there weren't a lot of lulls and like, well, we'd really like to throw that out. It was just kind of a good, solid win against a third place team in the West.
0: Yeah, my biggest takeaway in this game, besides the fact that it was, it was just a, I mean, I think that's the best way to frame it It is just a solid win against a solid team got, you know, a little dicey thin with Darren Fox in the fourth quarter. But besides that, this was, this was a, a game that was mostly in the wolves control. My biggest takeaway was the Timberwolves overall team defense in this game. And it was really keyed by the interior defense. Um, there were some rough patches real early in the game where Sabonis got some easy baskets and I think kind of mid third quarter, but for the most part, Rudy Gobert again for the second consecutive game, like the box score is not going to necessarily jump off the page at you. I mean, I guess he finished with 13 and 14. He only had five shot attempts, Uh, but defensively, this is, this is a good example of Rudy Gobert mostly for the most part, controlling a game on the defensive end of the floor without gaudy numbers. Um, And I thought he was, really really solid Darren Fox and Damanis Sabonis are really tough in pick and roll game you kind of have to pick your poison but the Wolves did enough to kind of you know muck things up and Rudy was was you know affecting shots that he wasn't necessarily blocking um, but the Timberwolves did enough defensively to to do that and, and then they also rebounded the ball really well and, and were a plus eight on the glass against a pretty good rebounding team um, it was just kind of a solid defensive performance and, and I was impressed specifically with the interior defense in this one
1: Yeah, and the Timberwolves held Sacramento, you know, in the 40s, all night long, shooting percentage. It just, um, it's one of those things, it's hard to talk about because it's hard to measure and you can't really point to any statistic. We've talked about Rudy before. I've always said, like, mm, there's no statistic that said, well, that guy didn't even take the shot or didn't come into the paint. Right. There's no way to measure that. Sometimes you can see it by, like, a guy trying to maneuver left, right, or another way to get in and just ends up passing it out because there's just no room there in the paint, or he really forces some kind of a wild shot. But I agreed with you that this was a really good, solid defensive game for didn't have some big blocks that he swatted 10 rows up into the stands. He had another reverse dunk, however, two games in a row. Yes. A, <laughs> offensively, yes. which is great to see because those kinds of baskets really keep him engaged. Defensively, and I think any defensive player, you know, they they want to be part of the the offense and get the oos and the ahs and the cheers from the crowd as well. And I don't think Rudy Gobert is any different, but but 13 points, 14 rebounds, yeah, not not It's not going to jump off the page like a 2020 game does for somebody like that. But his defensive impact was felt tonight, no doubt.
0: Yeah, this is one of those where I I guarantee you go back and watch the tape. And there were a number of those where he kind of would, you know, somebody would would turn the corner. He'd kind of stunt at them and then recover to his own man or whoever he's guarding down low and, you know, kind of make them hesitate, pass out of a potential shot or shoot a tough floater. You know, just a bunch of near misses. And this was one of those games where you really kind of felt that impact. And then ultimately that led to rushed three point attempts for the Kings and the Kings came into this game as uh, they were seventh in the league in three-point attempt rate. So number of threes they attempt per game or per possession Um, and then eighth in percentage in the league. So a really good three-point shooting team, again, at at full strength. And the Timberwolves held them to 27.3% from three. Nine of 33 shooting from outside the arc for the Kings. And I I believe that started with the interior defense, again, mucking things up, kind of muddying the waters, and then doing a pretty good job of contesting, closing out uh, under control on the perimeter, the, the you know the third quarter, the the Kings. There was a period there where they got back in the game, and then the Wolves kind of pushed back. And they were fortunate. Sacramento missed a few open shots, but for the most part, I thought that the defensive effort was really good, and that includes the perimeter defense, holding a, a really good eighth best three point shooting team by percentage. Uh, in the league to 27% for the game is is really impressive. And, and uh, you know, the Wolves had some really good defensive moments on Friday night too. So they're starting to stack success in the defensive end of the floor. And obviously having Rudy Gobert healthy is a huge part of that. Uh, but I think all the way around, they're starting to, it feels a little more connected on that end of the floor than what we'd seen here in previous weeks.
1: And when you do hold a team down from three and you make Your threes, it just makes a huge difference. That's a massive impact. Sacramento had nine threes, the Wolves hit 17. That's a difference of eight. And that is a difference of 24 points. I mean, that in itself, in a seven-point game, is tremendous. And you on your home court, when you hit that many three-pointers and you get this momentum behind you, it sparks a little something extra in the crowd. When you hit threes. Uh, D'Angelo Russell hit his first seven. Yes. Yeah, just, I mean, holding a team down is awesome. And then at the same time when you're hitting them, man, this is eight straight games that the Wolves have hit double-digit threes. The one game they didn't in this stretch, or, you know, if you go back nine more, they had nine. So they're kind of knocking on the door of being a much better three-point shooting team maybe the last half of the season that we've had so far. It's been a sharp uptick for the Wolves.
0: Today's episode of the postcast is brought to us by our new friends at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets. For a chance at a bigger payout with the same game at Parlay, all in an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. So football fans, basketball fans, don't miss out. Place your first five dollar bet to get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets, win or lose at FanDuel dot slash locked Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Uh, Marty, you mentioned D'Angelo Russell. He started this game. Absolutely on fire. He hit four threes in the first quarter, finished the first half a perfect eight of eight from the field and seven of seven on three point attempts, 23 points at halftime. Then in the second half, he goes 0 for six from the field, only scores two points. Um, but Anthony Edwards picked up that second half slack. This was really actually pretty similar to what we saw the last couple times out, both in the Pelicans win on Wednesday, the Memphis win on Friday, where Dilo had a hot first quarter. Um, And kind of had, you know, a couple of those games. I think he bookended with some strong play late in the game. And then Anthony Edwards kind of carried the middle stages. And in this case, um, on Saturday night, uh, the fourth quarter, where Ant was relatively quiet early in the game. But then he scores 16 in the third quarter of this game, hit the dagger three-pointer late. Uh, Really kind of, you know, almost in a sense taking turns of kind of controlling the offense where one will initiate and then the other will initiate for chunks of the game. But D'Lo and Ant are really playing off of each other extremely well right now.
1: And I like to think of it as kind of a tag team, like in the old WWE matches where it's intentional. It's not just, I'm getting mine and you got to stand over there and wait and then you get yours. It's intentional to say like, reach my hand out. I need you now. Okay, got you. And then you tag. Because when D'Angelo Russell starts off the way he did, eight for eight from the floor, um, Anthony Edwards was happy to just hang back and watch a lot of that. I think, did he have eight points at halftime maybe?
0: I think and so. Yeah. So there,
1: there just wasn't room for him, and he didn't see him pouting and, and looking for, trying to bring the ball up the court so he could jack up a three, so he could get in on it. That's not how it worked at all. And then to have Anthony Edwards only have eight points at halftime. Boom! He comes out and he starts feeling it and in the third quarter. Did you see D'Angelo Russell doing any of that, jacking up shots or to trying to, to add on because he was hot in the first quarter? No, it was a total intentional tag team of man, I'm feeling hot right now. Okay, yeah, go ahead, get yours. And then it was the reverse order in the second half. It happened to work to perfection tonight.
0: Yeah, it really did. And the other thing that to me was really impressive, especially in the second half, was Nas Reed specifically. He's had a couple quieter games lately. Uh, but he had 14 points in just 13 minutes in this game. Six of nine shooting had a monster dunk, just a really strong stretch of play in the second half of this game. And um, that on top, I mean, just he was really the only bench player that had a significant impact in this game. I think some of the other guys on the bench were, you know, they I, actually, the rest of the bench combined to go 0 of nine from three point range. Uh, the rest of the bench combined to score what seven points in this game. Nas had 14 in 13 minutes. And, um, I I was just really impressed with his activity level on both ends of the floor. And, and you know, the Kings aren't easy to deal with inside, especially with Sabonis and, and um, Harrison Barnes was getting to the line a bunch in this game. Um, They have some length with Trey Lyles and and others off the bench, but I I was really impressed with Nas Reed and he just continues to make the case that he's one of the better backup centers in this league. Agreed.
1: Agreed. And he had 10 in the third quarter. All 14 of his points were in the second half. And there are times when he just looks so skilled. That dunk, the dunk that he had came with this dribble move through the lane, like right down the center of the lane where he kind of had this in and out. He didn't cross over, but he went left and right with his right hand. It was beautiful. And then he looked like he stepped on a trampoline or a springboard because that man got... Up, I mean, he was, he was a uh, chin on the rim up. It was just a tremendously athletic move from Nas Reed. So all fourteen in the second half, yes, sir.
0: Yeah, one of my one of my favorite things to do uh, when, when well, anytime that a player dunks on the end of the floor where the opposing team's bench is in the background, is just to kind of rewatch and see what their reactions are, and you can tell how impressed they are with <laughs> the athleticism because a lot of these teams, a lot of these, you know, maybe didn't see Nas play. In the last couple of years, very much, and aren't aware how athletic he is. And obviously, he's transformed his body over the last couple of years. And just to see him, like you said, like a springboard, all of a sudden just kind of rocket up in the air um, after such a nimble dribble, you know, in and out move is so impressive. Um, for my money, really, the only thing the Wolves really struggled with in this game was turnovers. They did have 19. 19- Um, They also the free throw differential was an issue. They were a minus 15 in terms of free throw attempts for the game They were a minus 12 by halftime Um, And that those two things are what kept the kings in this game And those are just really a function of of being sloppy in terms of defending without fouling. And some of those turnovers again, like when you have 19 there's going to be some really silly ones There were probably like seven or eight really silly turnovers in this game that were just completely pointless and I mean playing a team twice in a row they play the kings again on monday night that's it's tough to beat a team twice in a row like that but these are like if they play the same game that they did on saturday night um but just don't turn it over 19 times like they'll be in a really good spot right i mean like defensively they were good offensively everything was good except for the turnovers um and that's an issue we've kind of seen it was it's been a far greater issue this season than it was last year for the wolves and it, it seems to crop up this is the rare game where they turned it over a ton and actually still managed to win
1: Yeah, Well, you know, when the Wolves just played Houston in consecutive games, one was here and one was in Houston just last weekend and last week. Chris Finch talks about these consecutive games, these winning series, whatever you want to call them, which the Wolves have right now against Sacramento. And he doesn't really like them. And he said he feels like the second game always favors the team that lost the first game. Mm -hmm. Well, sure enough, Houston lost the first game. And then came back and beat the Wolves. Because, according to Chris Finch, you know, the team that lost always has the most adjustments they can make. So to your point, Ben, about the Wolves having these 19 turnovers and some pretty bad ones at that, even though the Wolves won the game, that is something that you can really catch players' attention with and not have them walk into this game going like there's anything we need to improve on to meet these guys again on monday we just beat them why wouldn't we do it again i mean something like that is a really eye-opening like oh yeah we got to be better don't we so it it almost gives them something that they have to be better at something they have to correct in seeing the same team same place same time two nights later i'm not saying i wish they would have lost this one so they have those corrections but You know what I mean? In these little series, like just something like that to tell your team, hey, don't be feeling too good about yourself. Look at these turnovers. Let's clean this up for Monday.
0: Yeah. Um, So the Timberwolves, like we said, they have the Kings Monday night and actually now most games are final. In fact, all games in the West are final on Saturday night. So the Wolves are actually in a virtual tie for Technically, fifth place right now with New Orleans. Their percentage points behind them uh, because they played more games than the Pelicans. But right now they're alone in sixth place. They're half game ahead of Golden State. Dallas lost tonight, Uh, I believe. Phoenix, well, Phoenix won, I guess. But they're still a half game ahead of, of Golden State, Dallas, and Phoenix all alone in sixth place in the West. And I mean, they were like in 10th a week ago. So, and of course, a <laughs> couple days before that, they were in six. So um, it's just, it, it doesn't mean a whole lot because it, it's shifting so frequently, but like they're now two games out of the third spot and against the Sacramento Kings, they beat a Monday. They gain one of those games back plus the tiebreaker and, and uh, things are looking really good as the schedule continues to be difficult. But as we've talked about, they've r- risen to the level of the competition yeah. and uh, here's hoping we see that again next week.
1: And I feel like when you beat teams like this, like the Wolves have done in these last three, they are directly wins against teams in front of you in the yep. West. With New Orleans, with Memphis, and now Sacramento. It's not like you're oh you beat uh, you beat a team in the East week Philly. Okay, great. Now did now did Sacramento also lose to the Lakers? Okay, good, now we gained the game. Or done um, they also won. You're taking care of the business, looking right up at the teams ahead of you. That is the way that you can make some progress and start climbing in the standings. Just take care of the business yourself. Take on those teams head-to-head, beat them, give them the loss right there. You take the W and watch your team start climbing.
0: And the next two are Sacramento and Golden State. Sacramento, a couple games ahead of the Wolves, as we said. Golden State, a half game behind. So extremely important games. And then the schedule continues to be tough. A couple games against Denver, Utah, Memphis, Dallas. Uh, But you got to win the games in front of you. And the Wolves are off to a good start on this homestand. All right. We'll go live again Monday night following Wolves Kings. We do this after each and every Timberwolves game. And uh, we're live on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Otherwise, you can listen to the audio after the fact. If you ever can't watch the live show on the Lockdown Wolves audio feed, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. A big thank you for listening. A big thank you for watching. And we'll catch you next time.